0: hey guys john here going ahead pull up a seat going ahead and do this though too rate us on good pause rate us on apple Podcasts, and also on spotify too for your audio only podcasts and this is going to be our best and worst movies of 2021 i hope everyone enjoys the show and don't forget to hit that subscribe button comment and all that good stuff on our youtube channel and let's get on with the show And hello, movie lovers. And like I said, this is going to be our best and worst movies of 2021. Um, I'm going to go on ahead and let Charlie kick off his best uh, of 2021 with his first one that he has that coming out of the gate. So let's go on ahead and do this.
1: All right. So my number 10 movie, you can read it. I had a Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Um, this is the sequel to the Hitman's Bodyguard starring Sam J- Samuel Jackson, Samuel Haig, Ryan Reynolds. This essentially it, it picks up well maybe a couple years after the events of this one. Essentially, Sam, Osama, Osama Hayek, uh it, her husband Sam Jackson's in trouble, so she's trying to get Michael Bryce back into the fold when he's taking a sabbatical. This movie is hysterical. Again, if you you know if you don't like Ryan Reynolds, you're not going to like this movie. Um, this was it was hilarious. The action sequences were great. And, and, it's, and it picks it continues on the, the story of the Michael Bryce like story. It has uh, supporting characters of Antonio Banderas in this one Morgan Freeman's in this. This was funny. I had a good time watching this one. I laughed like Sam Hayek as it was is perfect for the, the play the wife of Sam Jackson's character. They're dropping F-bombs like crazy. There's various parts where Ryan Reynolds stopped filming a lot of this. So he's like, he's just a rag doll. Like everybody thinks he's dead and they're giving him an obituary. They're about to light him on fire. And then he wakes up and he goes, Oh, I thought you were dead. <laughs> and it's like, dude, no, I wasn't dead. I was just knocked out. Oh, okay. But Sam Hayek's dropping F bombs like crazy. Like the sequence, Ryan Reynolds is reading a book while shit's happening in the background. Everybody's getting shot. Like it's like, I can't use guns right now. I'm my, my, my therapist told me to take a sabbatical and like there's it's it's it it, i like this one i thought this was funny and i thought it was a a really good sequel to the hitman's bodyguard so if you like the hitman's bodyguard you're gonna like definitely like this one because if you didn't like it well it's more the same essentially
0: see i liked i didn't really care for the first one that much or anything Mm -hmm. like that i felt like they showed too much of the funny scenes and everything in the trailers to the point where there was nothing for me to laugh at with the first one and for me, this is my opinion or whatever. I love Ryan Reynolds. I think that he's great. I think he's hilarious. I just need a little bit of a break from him because of, because of his humor sometimes. But I thought he was great and free guy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we're going to get into, um, uh, Maya now on what I have. So. One of the ones that I have on here is Dune. Dune to me was a great film. I thought the cinematography was really great. I thought that the pacing of the film was pretty decent. I know that some people might say, oh, it's too slow or anything like that. But think of it like this. It's a film that has a lot of detail in it. And also too, you also have to pay a lot of attention to it because they actually build their characters up to a certain point where it's actually diving into different mythologies and also too i definitely just loved the way it looked the way it was shot i thought that uh Jason momoa did a very good job in this film i thought everybody was on top of their game when it came down to the performances and things like that i know that some people are not into like episodic type of uh movies or whatever but for the, for dune though itself and for it to be nominated for best picture i'm I, i'm excited for it i think this is actually one of my favorite movies of 2021 just for the look of it, just for the tone of it, the actors, the actresses, everyone involved was just at their a game on this. But that's what I have for one for one of my best of two thousand twenty one.
1: I have Dune on my list. Um, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit once we get like once I get higher up. But yeah, I liked, like like and I'll mention it. Yeah, I like Dune a lot. I was it was the visually it was stunning. It was a long movie, but yet it kept you hooked in. And for me, if you're if you have a long movie you cannot have any slow burns. It's got to be like it, the pacing's got to be really good. Personally, that's why I'm not looking forward to the new Batman because I heard there's some people are saying the pacing's off, but then again, it's not that's some people that and I'm like 3-hour movie sitting in there for 3 hours it, you got to keep my attention for that long cuz I can't I can't do those such a long movies, but I, I kind of wished I saw Dune in theaters, but when I watched it on HBO Max, like, visually, it was absolutely stunning. I'm glad it got nominated for Best Picture. I don't know what the heck the Academy was thinking not doing it for Best Director, because who made the movie? Really? Come on now.
0: Come on. That's actually shocking, to be honest with you. You have a Best Picture nom, but you're not nominating the director for this movie, which doesn't make Argo. any sense.
1: It happened with Argo. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck won the movie Best Picture for Argo, but he wasn't nominated for Best Director.
0: That's true. I remember that, and he did a damn then, good job at that.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the Academy. They they have no clue of what they're doing.
0: All right. So, what do you have for your next one?
1: My number nine movie. I have a Black Widow. This was like this was the, like the, Marvel had a lot of movies that came out this year. Most of them were good. I'll get to the the, the later, a little bit later on, the one that wasn't so good. Black Widow was good. It was the one awaited, like one awaited solo movie for Natata- um, Natasha Romanoff. This movie like had the best opening credit sequence I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. And it's it, it was one of those ones where it just hits you. It, like, oh, it's it's a serious tone. It's going there. Like it, it's the first tone one that I saw like in an opening that went dark. And then the musical, like the music, the, the music choice for that one uh, smells like teen spirit. That rendition of it made, again, Um, um so yeah, that rendition this made me like, dang. But this movie also got us the sister, Yelena. Yelena was the MVP of this movie. She was absolutely hysterical. Yeah, yeah. She, she it was at, she was absolutely hysterical like her making fun of her sister oh like why did you have to do like sh- like move your hair like that you're such a poser like and then and then she, when she even did that move again i thought the performances in this were really good Taskmaster yeah it was it was what it was i mean again then again i didn't i didn't i didn't know much of taskmaster i went watching a black widow movie and I, again i i did, i liked this movie a lot it was really entertaining and it just that's why it's my number nine it, it was just entertaining. I had to put in my list.
0: See, for me, I enjoyed it, but there was just other movies on top of that one that I thought was actually better, and I'll get to that in a minute on which one I thought. But I definitely do like the opening. I definitely liked Smells Like Teen Spirit, which I actually purchased off of iTunes because it was so good that I actually had to purchase it. I, actually, I had to have that song. But the one-dimensional character of Taskmaster disappointed me because I know who Taskmaster is in the comics and I was expecting so much more from it. So, and then also too, I also liked how it had like a little bit of uh golden eye kind of flavor and stuff like that to it as well. It's just, I thought maybe it might've been just, it was too late to the party with this movie. It should have came out back when Natasha was actually alive. I think it would have actually been better, but still I had fun with it. I thought it was, okay. it was pr- a pretty good movie. I just thought there was other movies that actually outweighed that one. But that, that's actually a good pick. For me, I'm going to have to go with Chang chi And the reason why I have to go with Chang chi is because of the fact, I like the fact that they're showing differ, differential of characters. And also, too, showing us um, aside from that I definitely like the fact that they're showing us other cultures within this world of the MCU and that they're actually showing us Japanese, Chinese, uh, traditional uh, backgrounds and stuff like that. And I definitely liked that. I also liked the fact that they showed the mythology of it. I liked the Ten Rings. I thought the chemistry between Shang-Chi and the love interest was really good. I thought that this movie was very well put together. Uh, also, too, seeing one of the villains come back from Iron Man 3, that was actually pretty funny to see him back in it again. Um, but, yeah, I thought Ben Kingsley was hilarious in this movie. I thought that they gave every single character something to do. And every single character was actually necessary. And also, too, um, seeing, of course, the villain from the uh, last Hulk movie that that came out in 07, I never would have thought that we would see, see Abomination again. And then seeing him fight up against Wong, that was actually pretty cool to see. The underground fight scenes, this movie was definitely very well grounded. And the humor worked for me. It landed... There might be a little too much, maybe a little too CGI for some people. Whenever they go into the whole entire secret world of where, uh, where the mythology comes from. But other than that, though, I thought the movie was really good. I had a lot of fun with Chang Chi. I can't wait until I see more of him later on. But yeah, Chang Chi is definitely one of mine that I actually was my go-to for this one instead of Black Widow. But like I said, I don't. It's not that I don't like Black Widow. It's just that this one outshined it a little bit more.
1: All right, my next one on my list, um, I got Jungle Cruise. That Jungle Cruise was, was fun. <laughs> this movie was a lot of fun. It like it had a mummy it had a mummy vibe to it. It had like like the chemistry between The Rock and Emily Blunt is it was just instant. There, you knew like you saw it on the press tours that they were on. the two of them would would rip on each other. They ripped on each other to the point so bad where one of their interviews. One of them, yeah, like it was like when uh, when they like they were having an interview, they got kind of edgy. Or we like Emily Blunt's like, so like if you're trapped in an island, what would you bring and the rock? And and, and and Emily Blunt's like, what rock would you bring? to like your Viagra or whatever? And the rock is like, no. What about your anal beats? So there's like they they said this so much so Disney called them up and something. Yeah, let's let's tone it down in the anal beats talk or whatever. And it's just like. <laughs> I mean, the chemistry was just there, the two of them just riffing on each other, cursing each other out, and it worked. Like, the, the puns, because if you've never been on the Jungle Cruise ride, it's all about puns. That's the whole point of the, like the thing about the, the skippers saying puns. And, I mean, just a lot of the puns, yeah, they're corny, but they're hilarious. And I think there's a lot that they couldn't put in the movie and then I think they probably had, like, hours of this where they just do, nothing, like, where rocks yell nothing but puns. Like, my favorite one is, like, yeah, these guys are headhunters. This is where we're going to be heading. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. Like, again, it worked. It had the mummy feel to it, and yet there's some scary aspects to it, but I had a good time with this. Emily Blunt was a, was a strong character. It kind of reminded me of Evie from the from the mummy movies. And then when they already green a sequel to this, I was like, yeah, this movie made a lot of money, and it and it was one of the most popular rides at Walt Disney World. And, like, again, I had to put Jungle Cruise on here because it was just – I just had a good time watching it.
0: Jungle Cruise is definitely well worth watching, even in case anybody hasn't seen it on Disney Plus or anything like that. Brainy and I got a chance to watch it a couple of months back, and we wound up loving it. I loved the cheesiness of it with the puns. I thought that was really good. I felt like I was actually on a Disney ride. That's the <laughs> thing. I actually felt like I was actually on the boat ride with – Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and he's giving that tour, and just doing those puns and stuff like that was really fun. The dark... I actually liked some of the dark elements within the film itself. The humor worked. The chemistry between him and Emily Blunt was really good. I had a great time with Jungle Cruise. It's just, you know, like I said, there's other films out there that just... That movie almost made the cut. It's just that I had other movies in front of it. So I'm glad that you actually had that on your list, though. For me, I'm gonna have to go with the tomorrow war with Chris Pratt because I thought the storytelling was really good. It has some, authentic, to be honest with it, it was very authentic and very original on what they did. And also to the way they go on ahead and go into the future and trying to fight a war that hasn't even happened yet against these aliens was just fantastic. And of course, when they're going in and out trying to uh, defeat the, these monsters and everything too, these alien like beings, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, there were some things on there that might not have been great with the CGI or anything, but the storytelling in itself, the action sequences were really good. You were able to see everything that was going on. Also, too, the chemistry between Chris Pratt and his daughter that he meets up with whenever she's an adult was just really great. Hits you in the feels. Chris Pratt actually has some depth and some emotion into his character, which is something that I haven't seen before, other than whenever he was in that one Vince Vaughn movie when Vince Vaughn had a bunch of kids and things like that uh, where he yeah where he played his best friend which is special delivery right if i'm no, right.
1: Delivery Man,
0: yeah delivery man okay i knew it was something like that but yeah. i couldn't remember yeah. because it's been so many years yeah but yeah um i thought he was really good in delivery man as the lawyer and of course he was just just a joking joking friend but with this it showed so much depth and ranged into chris pratt but i have to say uh if you're looking for something to watch the Tomorrow War is definitely worth watching and definitely worth checking out. It has great sci-fi elements, it has great horror elements, and it reminds you of an alien-type movie, um, as well. And that's something that I really have to say that they did a really good job of explaining things. They didn't overcomplicate anything; it was very simple and to the point. So that's that's one of my top my one of my picks.
1: Yeah, it's a good movie. I just like concluded it in any of my list because I see I saw so many other ones that I thought were better. I mean, it's good. I mean, I love the chemistry between Chris Pratt and his daughter. Um, The action sequences were intense. I mean, visually it was absolutely stunning for Amazon Prime. I thought they did a really good job, and I know that was the first review we did of Alex.
0: Right. That was our first intro. (laughs)
1: Yeah. right. I said I was in the mood for some chaos. So here we go, number seven. Everybody's like, hate it if you want. I had The Matrix Resurrections as my number seven. I love this movie. It, it it just worked for me. And when I, as soon as I seen this and I saw this in the theater, like the openings, like the, the like the scene, the green come down again, like, all right, this, now we're getting somewhere like the, it, it, the movie worked for me. I loved the action sequence in it. The last 45 for me, 45 minutes of the movie for me sold it. Cause it was the most intense moments. I, I, in it like, I love the new castings in this. I thought Neil Patrick Harris was great as the analyst. Like, And I got to see that my two favorite characters from the Matrix franchise back. And it worked how they brought them back. I love this movie so much. I finally got this pop figure. This is Neo and the Matrix. This glows in the dark. I've been waiting. I bought this in November for this pop figure. And it finally came not too like a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, yeah. And I have the freaking dubstep poster in my room for this. Again, I just like this movie so much. I had a, had more fun watching this movie than I did Sputterman No Way Home. There, I said it. I want chaos. There we go. I will again. You may you may, you hated this movie, John. And I don't care. I like this movie. This is my. I'm list. glad
0: you did because yeah. I actually have this on my worst list. So this yeah. makes us different. And so, yeah. like you said, this is chaos. But still, for me, the movie didn't work. For I thought Neil Patrick Harris was fantastic in it. I thought the new characters that they introduced, like uh what's what's the new female lead that they actually put in this movie oh. what was her character bugs i definitely like bugs i thought she was really good in this film i thought the new characters worked all except the morpheus uh the the morpheus character didn't really work for me uh then also too i thought that Neil patrick harris landed it but i th- didn't think that he needed to go ahead and create uh, the way they did, that they actually did it. I thought that it would have worked just with Neil Patrick Harris redesigning The Matrix and stuff like that not making it too meta to the point where it took me out of the film and made me rage a little bit. But still, it didn't make me... It's, here's the thing. It didn't really mark its landing. I thought that the nostalgia factor of them, how they did it, of trying to introduce new new audiences into this film just didn't work for me or anything like that didn't motivate me at all. So yeah. So anyways, I just didn't care for The Matrix, but I'm glad Charlie enjoyed The Matrix, and I'm glad that he was able to enjoy something that I didn't like. So let's, yeah. so
1: that's the guy that watched it on his phone there. I, I had to say either that.
0: way it goes, it was still a bad movie, regardless of the fact if I've watched it or not on the big screen or on TV. It still would have took me out of the film because of the fact it didn't mean it didn't matter if the set pieces were great or not. It's the whole entire other aspects of the film that I just really didn't care for. But that's anyways,
1: why. I wasn't gonna let you ruin that movie for me, so that's why I was like, "Yep, I was in the mood for some chaos." Uh, and all uh, right, my chaos isn't my chaos isn't done yet. We'll, we'll, we'll.
0: Okay, so <laughs>
1: here's your next movie.
0: Okay, so I actually have an Angelina Jolie movie that came out. No, it's not Eternals. Even though I liked Eternals, but Eternals just I know didn't. What it miss. Is.
1: We did. It's those who wish we dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That I, movie I, was good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I really thought that I actually had a sense of danger on what she was doing. She was one of those jumping firefighters, jumping out of airplanes. I really enjoyed it. And also, too, she gave the characters a chance to actually do things rather than her being the center of attention, which is something that I really enjoyed with it. Also, too, the back and forth between her and John Brunthal was really good. John Brunthal did a fantastic job playing the sheriff. It was a total different character than what I thought he was going to be playing because I we're always used to seeing him play a badass and going to mm-hmm. be someone that's going to kick someone's ass and everything because we're so used to him playing that character. But he's just playing a local sheriff that doesn't really know what to do in a situation like that. So mm-hmm. I really have to say I liked I liked what I saw with that. I'm glad he did something different. As a matter of fact, I actually have him down for another movie that he was in for my best movies, but we'll get into that a little later. But Angelina Jolie did a fantastic job. The action sequences were really good. You were able to see the action sequences. Nothing was really shaky cam or anything like that. You were able to feel the suspense and the fire. The fire sequences, oh man, I'm going to be honest with you. If I was sitting in the theater and I saw that, I would actually think that the fire is like coming towards me because of the way it was filmed. But cinematography was fantastic. Chemistry was fantastic. Plot points were good. Uh, The ending, I know that it fell flat for you at the end because of the way it had ended. But for me, I thought it was okay for the way it ended, because not, not everything, in a sense, needs closure sometimes. And I think for that character, he didn't know how life was going to be afterwards. And so I think it's up to the audiences to wonder what would be life after the events that happened for him, and using my imagination with that. But I'm going to let you take the floor, though.
1: I liked the movie. I thought it was good. It was entertaining. The villains were absolutely like Nicholas Hoyt and uh, Littlefinger. Okay. They were fantastic. They were very vindictive. There's a lot of question marks. I had like, okay, who does, who do they work for? What, what's Tyler Perry's role? Like there was so much questions we didn't have. The ending didn't fall flat for me. It just, I don't like ambiguous endings where, right. when it's not like where there's not a lot of, stuff in there to maybe like like it's open-ended if it's open-ended sure and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like easter eggs or stuff within the movie that actually backs up either side this one didn't have any of that and i was like okay what okay it's just ending like that okay again she was angel Jolie was great in this like seeing her with the uh with the pickaxe remind me of tomb raider and i'm like that yeah this is the what tomb raider should have been are not PG-13 and have Alicia Vikander do everything exactly from the video game. That movie was garbage. Angelique Jolie's ones were much better. Maybe the sequel can fix it. I don't know. But it was, I mean, again, it's not on any of my lists. Again, I liked it. Um, it just, I had just had other better movies on uh, my, either of my two lists. It's not on my worst list. I'm just definitely telling you that now. It's not on there. It just, I just thought it had so many other better movies. Yeah. Yep. All right, oh. my next one. Oh, yep. Yeah, sorry.
0: No, no. I was just gonna say, what's what's your next one?
1: All right, my next one is a little Netflix movie, Bad Trip. Bad Trip, which is the Eric Andre, Lil Rail Holly, Tiffany Haddish, com- comedy like prank movie. Essentially, it's like Jackass, but, it more, but more of the Eric Andre show. This movie had me crying, laughing from nonstop. I had to put this on this list because I had such a great time with this. And, and I think it's because of this movie where Eric showed up in in Jackass forever again. Because a lot of the stuff that he... Pretty much, this is just like his movie version of his show. It's more of what he does to the public. But some of the stuff that he did to the public to make them react... So I'm going to say one thing, gorilla sequence. If you don't know what that is. Go on Netflix and watch it. You're going to, you're going to cry. You're going to cry laughing. I guarantee it. That sequence, if you don't laugh at that sequence, then there's just no, there's just no fun in you. Because that sequence is so raunchy and it's typical Eric. You just have to watch and I'm like, oh my God, is this really happening? And just have a good time with it. And it just everybody was so great on it. So much so, what the what the whole story of how Tiffany Haddish got involved with this movie, pretty much Eric would have almost killed Lil Rell, and one of the sequences where like they, they almost got killed by a uh, uh, by a, uh, a barber running with them at scissors. So much so that Lil Rell's like, I quit, and Tiffany calls up Eric, Yo, you just I just heard you tried to kill you just tried to kill uh, Lil I want in on this movie. Again, you have to see this one to 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 really like appreciate it. So that's, it should be still on Netflix, but bad trip. That's my number six movie on my list. It's so funny.
0: It is a Netflix original. So it is still on there. Um, I actually, you know, you and I both enjoyed it. I ended up laughing at it, especially the mall sequence and the blender for me was actually one of my standouts in that scene. But, you know, it was just uh, some other stuff actually outweighed the others. But I'm glad that was actually one of your favorites for that year. For me, I'm going to have to go with Spider-Man No Way Home because of the fact that, yes, everything that we predicted happened. And because everything that had predicted, it worked for me in so many ways because it was a movie that I was made me giddy because of the fact I got to see Andrew Garfield. I got to see Tobey Maguire. I get to see all these Spider-Mans in one film interact with tom holland spider-man and i thought the chemistry between the three of them were really great i like this sequence where him and mj where tom holland's mj is actually swinging from new york trying to escape the danger of the things that he was faced with in that movie i thought the doc Ock stuff was really good all except the one one line let's do this shit because i thought that actually was really cringy a little bit but Whenever you look at this movie as a whole with Electro, I, I thought that was actually better. Jamie Foxx definitely did a better job as Electro this go round compared to where he was in the last Andrew Garfield movie. And I also thought that having Lizard back again, I thought that was great. I also thought uh, the, having... Uh, what's, what's the end I'm thing of Hobgoblin? Goblin. What, Green Goblin? Yeah, Green Goblin. William Defoe was great. Yeah as the goblin to be honest with you because of the fact that he gave that character even more layers than we had whenever he was in the very first toby mcguire movie and how manipulative he is and also liked how he was trying to take donuts from uh peter parker's mom and things like that and sneaking into his pockets and then also too then the other side comes in and everything and decides that he just wants to wreck havoc i thought it was great i thought everything worked in this film on how they did it. The pacing was fine for me. I didn't even feel like it was a two and a half hour movie. Like I thought I would. Um, I'm not going to go into spoiler territory or anything like that. But if you do want to catch our spoiler review or anything like that, you guys can actually catch that on our YouTube channel and also on our podcast as well.
1: I'll get into that movie later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My number five, the suicide squad.
0: Actually had that too.
1: (laughs) This was not this. This movie was just so good. Just from the trailer, just the hype for this, like this, like saying because the 2016 movie is absolutely dog crap. It's bad. You can't even rewatch it. It's so like the only part I kind of liked out of the 2016 version was Triangle Bitch. Well, like that line, and then him doing the gun, the gun challenge thing with the uh, at, at the prison. That was good stuff with Will Smith. This movie. Actually, made me like, all right, I want to see more. I really want to see more because the cat, the, 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 the absurdity of that, you had James Gunn involved with this, so you knew it was going to be absolute batshit violent. You got uh, you brought Harley Quinn back, Joel Kinneman back, Viola Davis back, and you brought in some new characters, and like, yeah, and then most of the characters die right in the beginning. You're like, oh, okay, that, nah, and then and then it brings down to the core people with Idris Elba's bloodshot was great, Harley Quinn was fantastic. Okay peacemaker john cena's peacemaker i knew once i saw the open the trailers like this like this how he's like so competitive with bloodshot yeah can you stop showing off yeah w- but what what if what you're showing off is dope as fuck granted like again the sequence where they're killing all the gorilla members where they're trying to one upstage each other that was funny but peacemaker is hysterical on this because he's like he's sleeping in the jungle in his underwear you don't want to know where the, what the stars in the jungle, and you're sleeping in your tidy ways. Like again, that. But the highlight King freaking Shark, King Shark, and to have my one of my all time favorite action stars, Sylvester Stallone, voice into the motion capture for King Shark. Was this incredible? He said he was hysterical the whole time, and it kind of makes me like I want more King Shark. I wanted him with the Rambo, the Rambo hair, just having him run in the jungle, like gulp, gulp, like eat. And and it set up a great, and it set up probably one of the best HBO Max shows, Peacemaker, which is an absolute. Like sh- if you have not seen Peacemaker, watch it. It has the best opening credit sequence, one that you don't want to hit skip. Because you kinda of feel you'll kinda of feel like a dick if you hit skip. Because the sequence is so funny, but yeah, I had to have the suicides going on here. I love this movie. It was so good. Um, and to have Pete Davidson play a character named Dick Hurts.
0: <laughs> but I actually have this on my list as well. And this to me, having James Gunn do this movie and also giving us some underground characters that we've never even heard of, like Ratcatcher, we have Polka Dot Man. We have all these other underground comic book villains that we never even thought about even thinking about them even having. Then also, too, you also have Peacemaker. And here's the thing. I was never a big John Cena fan when it comes down to his acting abilities or anything like that. And he comes straight out of the gate with Peacemaker. and You can tell that he's passionate about that role. He doesn't feel wooden anymore. He actually feels passion for a character that he loves. And then also too, the chemistry between him and Harley Quinn was fantastic. And then when Harley Quinn's trying to break out, and then the rest of the Suicide Squad is trying to save her. Oh, hey guys, what what are you doing? And he goes, Oh, we're trying to we're trying to free you. Well, if you want to, I can go back up there and you we can, and you can lock me up again and you can try to save me. And then here comes Tink uh, Shark, and he winds up saying Mustache <laughs> because he's trying to disguise himself. But, and also, too, I liked how they broke into the camp, and they're trying to save uh, Randall. And then, of course, this is what winds up happening. He winds up, they wind up killing everybody. That's
1: what and I said, the, the competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the
0: competition them. stuff was great. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. The competition stuff was really great. Uh, I thought that this was a really good way of actually doing it, and getting a director to like James Gunn to give us these underground villains was fantastic. And also, too, I'm even... I have to agree with charlie on this peacemaker the tv series is even be- is even better than the suicide squad movie which actually continues off from the way that the suicide squad movie ended on that cliffhanger at the post credit scene so i definitely like that and, and
1: so, i was about to say the show even does a recap so if you haven't seen the suicide squad you probably should but they recap what happens in the suicide squad before peacemaker um, which I just have to mention, I thought that was really cool
0: how they did that. <laughs> I think, I thought so too, to be honest with you. Um, another thing I want to mention is this about the Suicide Squad, one one more thing. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that if James Gunn was given the opportunity to do a Lobo movie, I think he, I think he would be the great one, a great person to actually have a Lobo movie because of the, because of the fact of how over the top Lobo can be. And also, too, I would like to see him tackle on Kite Man. I think he would be perfect for Kite oh, Man. Oh, yeah, I
1: want Kite Man.
0: Yeah, Kite well, Man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is also another HBO Max show that's on there now. It wasn't originally. The Harley Quinn animated show. That show is absolutely, like, it's animated. But it's absolutely, like, it's, it's like, R-rated stuff. But it's animated. It's, Kaylee Cuoco is fantastic as the voice of Harley Quinn. And then again, the whole voice acting. But that show introduced me to Kite Man. Kite Man is... Awesome. He's like the stupidest villain ever. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, he's he's great again and then season 3 is supposed to come really soon, but first two seasons are already on HBO Max. Harley Quinn show is just awesome.
0: Let's see here. Um I actually have Ghostbusters Afterlife and this is actually one of my favorites. I actually bought the Blu-ray. I love this movie. And it's not just because of nostalgia factor or anything like that, but this is actually nostalgia done right to actually keep the plot moving versus it just being there for the sake of being there. And I liked how they actually had this whole entire thing built up. This actually reminds me exactly like the cartoon that I actually grew up on on Saturday mornings, getting up, watching the Ghostbusters. And also, too, I like the Gatling gun vibe that they did to it, the way that they actually did Egon right in this movie, the way they said goodbye to him was just perfect it was everything that they did about it had a reason behind it and also too ellen ritman i i just love what they managed to do with egon and then the way they introduced the new cast who makes you want to care about that cast and paul rudd was fantastic in this film as playing the teacher he just didn't he was just there for summer vacation he didn't care about what was going on he actually played cujo in front of the uh class and went be- and into the office and he goes, yeah, it's about a killer dog, he, and I'm pretty sure he eats people. But you guys will like it. You guys will love it. And then that's when one of the other st- students goes back there and everything. She goes, hey, you know, you know, there's a there's a movie being played right now. It's about a killer dog. It's actually pretty cool. And then there's also another scene where he's playing Child's Play two when the teacher's getting murdered, <laughs> and he's sitting in the back of the where the office is. <laughs> I definitely love what they managed to do with the Ghostbusters movie, giving it into a new generation of people that could actually be fans of the Ghostbusters. This does have a little bit of a stranger things kind of vibe to it, which is something that I totally dig about it. Um, Everything about this film had perfect placements. I didn't think anything was really forced in this film. I really don't have anything negative to say about it. Other than the fact that, you know, this is my favorite Ghostbusters movie aside from the first two Ghostbusters movies, I might try and do a Ghostbusters review in the future, but right now, Ghostbusters Afterlife is definitely fun to go go and see with your family and stuff. And also, too, it doesn't have Slimer in it because of the fact Slimer is actually just part as a native of New York City, so he doesn't fit in with that vibe and that they're trying to do. So that's going to be uh, be mine though.
1: All right, my next two we already kind of discussed. I just figured I would get them out of the way now. Number four, I had Dune, and the number three, I had Saint-Chi. Again, Dune was really stunning. Denny Wave. Denny like, awesome. Awesome job with Dune. Again, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, I wanted to see more Duncan. He was the MVP of the movie. I wasn't a huge fan of Rebecca Ferguson, and I think I kind of made, when we did a review of it, I kind of was, like, making predictions that Nick is, like, you're spot on for a man that, that has no idea what's going on, I'm able to, pick, I picked up the stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Somebody that has nothing, that, no, no idea what I'm talking about, about Dune, since I had, didn't read any of the source material. Oh, okay. I might be, I might be onto something, but again, visually it was stunning. I, 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 I can't wait to see more of it. Cause I want to see more of the action sequences. Um, but yeah, everybody was really great in this movie. Visually it was stunning. It was, it was just a good movie. And I'm, I'm am i ho- I'm rooting for it to win best picture because it, deserves to win best picture and then number three saint chi i went into saint chi not expecting much from it i've seen we saw we did reaction trailers to it i wasn't really sold on that i knew the more choreography was going to be fight choreography is going to be really good but what when i went in and saw the movie was in chicago i was like no way this movie's awesome like the the train the bus fight sequence White choreography was top notch. This whole movie, the, the everything landed. No shaky cam. The villain was fantastic. Tony Lung, It was great seeing him as a villain. Cause he, he, he's, he, he was in, he started like very young back in the nineties like, and Chow, and, and with Chow Yun fat in probably one of the greatest international action movies ever. John Wu's hard boiled. He, he played a young guy in that one, but seeing him that visually, it was stunning I want to see more. I I, I loved Aquafina in this movie. I that was my main concern. I figured she'd be funny for the sake of being funny, not when it worked. But she was she was uh, she was awesome in this movie. She was funny when when it was time to be funny, and it wasn't time to be funny, she was like she was serious. And that's what I really appreciate like cuz of the times like the comedic actors they try to be funny for the sake of being funny in a, in a drama drama movie when it's not needed, but she did a tremendous job with this again and then like seeing Trevor Trevor in that in that animal of his that was he that was funny cuz I was once I when they mentioned Iron Man 3 and I was like oh no what and Trevor comes back I thought that was that was a nice little nod to that and it shows you where the time and I thought the the other like this their breakaway segments we can go to sleep or we'll get drunk in this new karaoke or whatever again. And then even Wong get involved in that. And I'm interested to see where this is going to set up, but I had to have Sun Chi on this list because it was just that good. That's why it's my number
0: three. Okay. So let's see here. I actually have Zack Snyder's justice league on here. And I know everybody's saying, well, that movie is way too long and stuff like that. Well, it's a four hour movie. I get that. But think of it like this. You watch four, you binge watch four episodes that's basically four hours of a of a Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, and I'm a big supporter in the Justice League that that Justice League because of the fact that Zack Snyder got screwed over from WB, and this was his baby. This was his chance to actually shine, and man, this movie was fantastic. They pack a lot into a four hour film that really needed it, and gave you a lot of the background of each character, especially Cyborg. Uh, Because of the fact that he was actually a new character. Not that many people know about Cyborg's backstory unless you actually know the comics and things like that and dive into that lore. And he actually gave us um, a lot of stuff with Cyborg that I really liked. And then, of course, you know, I definitely liked how we finally get to see the whole deal with uh, Brute. How everything's actually coming together for them to actually formulate this team. And, of course, how how you wind up having that whole entire underwater scene, fight scene even longer and stuff like that too. I thought that was really good. I really have to say I enjoyed the background story of Wonder Woman, even more because of the fact that we had how this was actually connected into the mother boxes and things like that. And then also to the blood you can definitely tell this is a different vibe to it because we actually got to see blood splatter in a superhero movie with that wonder woman fight scene in the bank and how gruesome that was to see someone who was that strong to take down those average guys that are just human beings. Like it was nothing. That's what I want from comic book movies and everything. And that's exactly what I got from Zack Snyder's justice league. And also too, we got to see a lot of the underground villains that we've been wanting to see, Go up against the Justice League and stuff like that. I thought it was perfectly well executed. And also, too, I also like the Jared, this version of Jared Leto's Joker versus what we got in Suicide Squad back in 2016. So, you know, that's just my take on what I liked about Zack Snyder's Justice League.
1: So, my number two. This was tough because the like my number one and number two. I kept like switching back and forth, back and forth for a while, and then I finally like you know I'm gonna go with it. Number two free guy i had to do it in blue for blue shirt guy um free guy was awesome again i was really looking forward to seeing that movie like when it when it was first announced i was like oh okay it's a non-playable npc and, and it's a it, it's a video game movie in a sense and it has so much a lot of nostalgia in it and it works It this remind me watching like like watching ready player one but this is kind of more of a lighthearted version of ready player one it's like Fortnite meets grand theft auto there's not much there's not any blood in this it's a pg-13 movie but there's a lot of a lot of adult jokes in this movie and it works because ryan reynolds is perfect as blue shirt guy everybody around him was great like laura howey was great as his best friend to uh yeah taika waititi as antoine the big douche corporation they terminate him like it's he's great in this even even the guy that played, um, I I don't know his name, like, um, but the guy that played Steve from um, from uh, Stranger Things, he played uh, one of the programmers, and and his and his buddy like's dressed up in a in a bunny suit, and then Jody Cormer in this one has plays Molotov girl. Like, this movie's great. There's so much like, so much like in this movie, like it's pop culture. Like, just the jokes they just worked for me. I'm not gonna be a good guy. I'm going to be a great guy. Well, and show your life supply of virginity pills right there. Like, again, it's just, or having an orgasm in your mouth by drinking a cappuccino. Like, it's just like, this is not supposed to be for kids <laughs> and it's a PG 13 movie. How they're able to get that. And this having all the cameos involved and knowing Blake lively had, it had, was, was helped in to get this specific cameo to show up in it. To even seeing the big brute named dude. And it's played by Ryan Reynolds. He's blonde. He's like one of those Beach Bros. Like Free Guy was just such a great movie. It's hilarious. It's got some really good action sequences in it. It just it just worked. I just loved this movie a lot. But I, I couldn't put it my number one. Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, okay. free guy, awesome.
0: Uh let's see here. I actually have uh Nicolas Cage movie on here, and it's actually a straight to DVD. Uh, Blu-ray of it but it's actually called Willy's Wonderland this movie is so over the top it is so cheesy Nicolas Cage doesn't say anything through the whole entire film of this movie and basically what Willy's Wonderland is is basically it's about a haunted chunky maybe what should I say about that like Five Five Nights at
1: Freddy's
0: no it's more like Five Nights at Freddy's kind of vibe to it
1: yeah about that yeah
0: with haunted mechanics and stuff like that, which I thought was hilarious because Nicholas Cage's car breaks down. Then he has to go ahead and pay off his debt. And therefore he gets his car fixed for free by fixing up the, uh, fixing up Willie's Wonderland. And a matter of fact, his character's name is only called the janitor. That's what it's called. His character's called the janitor. And he doesn't say anything to the whole entire movie. All he does is go ahead. He winds up, Looking at his watch, when these animatronics comes alive, he goes on ahead. He takes a he takes a chug of his energy drink and then breaks this broomstick, and he starts going ham on those machines. And I thought it was hilarious about how haunted it was. It was gruesome, but at the same time, when they're when you're fighting them, they actually bleed out the mechanic oils and stuff like that of the wires. And I thought it was just insane. And totally different than what I saw Nicolas Cage doing. But I had a, lot, I had, I had a blast with it, to be honest with you, for a little horror film and stuff like that. It had like a 1970s, kind of 80s kind of flavor to it that I would really didn't mind because it actually understood the tone. It actually understood as well uh, the audience that it was trying to target. So I was actually pleased with it. And also, too, if you haven't seen our Willy Wonderland trailer reaction that we did and our Neighbors Watching Trailers that I did... Check that out too, and also them on spoiler review for Willy's Wonderland. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, I saw it. I thought it was funny. I mean, Nicolas Cage was great. And, and if you haven't seen a horror movie, you can easily pick up. Like, oh, blonde girl, I want. I, I, I got. I, I need to have sex in this in this area. I need to have sex in this, and they have sex in the creepiest room in the entire thing, and the animatronics kill them both. Come on. You can see that coming a while away. Like, yeah, you, you, you don't even have to be an aficionado for horror movies to know she's going to die. <laughs> it's pretty it's, it's It was pretty obvious. And right when he's about to fight the one animatronic, he looks at his watch, hands it to the girl, goes on his break while they're getting beat up. And then he comes back and just beats up everybody. Like, I mean, it, it's it's Nicolas Cage in a nutshell, is this movie. It is.
0: It definitely is. And also, too, I like how he puts Nicholas Cage and Willy, uh, Willy's Wonderland, how he goes and puts them into a body bags, like in trash bags, the animatronics. I thought that was hilarious.
1: And then he has I, to get a new shirt. How they have yeah. so many shirts for him to change into every time because he gets animatronic blood on it or whatever. Yeah, it was funny.
0: It was. It definitely was. So what do you have on your next list?
1: All right. My last movie is my number one of the year. The last 007 movie, No Time to Die. I love this movie. This one is, it's it, it's it's action packed. The action is absolutely like phenomenally shot in this one. It's brutal. It's intense. It's a gut punch. It's emotional. It's everything you want in it. Like it, it picks up right when Spectre leaves off. Daniel Craig does a tremendous performance as this one, but the, the side characters too were just that. The introduction of the new 007 was great. This one character, Paloma, from uh, they played by Anna uh, de Armas, in her s- short appearance in this movie, show stealer, show stealer, instant show stealer. Like I want to see more of this character. Like you think she's ditzy? Like oh sorry, I, like, she's, like, she's wearing a very provocative dress, like, oh, very ditzy, no, no, she kicks a lot of ass, like, she's, like, dual welding stuff, like, she's all in high heels, and she's kicking ass in this, in that, in this small, in this small appearance, and I'm, like, I want more, but Bond kills a lot of people in this movie, I think he kills over 68 people, and he's headshotting them, like, shoot, boom, boom, like, headshots, it's brutal, it's intense, it's again, it's a gut punch, and it's. It, it, I, I like this movie like a lot. I even I have the IMAX poster of the opening sequence, and wherever they're at, the opening sequence is so intense and brutal. It's like, yeah, this is the perfect way to do this, and like this his delivery of the lines, and like we all have our secrets, we just haven't gone to yours yet. Like it's just that, and it fills in a lot of gaps of Melanie Swan's character that when she was talking about briefly in the Spectre. It fills in some more gaps, and this one so it's it's it it brings the movie closure. I'll just say that again. I just had trouble like between deciding between this or Free Guy is my number one, but I just had to go to No Time. And then the opening the opening song, I didn't think it would work. It works. It it nails the tone of this movie. It, It really nails it. It's dark. It's like, it fits the tone. And like, again, everybody was really great in this movie, but the action sequences were just, wow. Like we're like, this is like probably some of the best action sequences in a Bond movie I've seen in a long time. Like it's, he goes John Wick on people. Like he's not like athletic as John Wick. Headshots, like instant, like pissed off James Bond. And and that, but again, I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's just so good. It may not be everybody's top favorite Bond movie. For me, it did, and, and that's why I had to have my number one. It just—it's it, a fitting end to the Daniel Craig's like saga. And like again, it just like this movie was like I was uh, my anticipated movie of 2021 was this one, and okay. it, just, it was just so good. It was just really, really, really good.
0: Yeah, I still need to see that one. I still haven't seen seen it, seen it yet, but it's on my to do list um but i do have king richard on here and this is the will smith movie that's about the serena uh williams and venus williams and i have to say i really liked it i thought it was inspiring i thought it was really good it showed the dedication that he was trying to do for his daughters to play professional uh tennis and also to going through different training levels and stuff like that of trying to figure out a way to get his daughters trained and he knows that they're good. But the thing is you have to try and win over these other coaches to let them train them in the way that that they need to be good in. Also too, he also has a little bit of an issue of trying to separate himself from being the coach because that's all he did all his life was coach them. And he's trying to tell the coaches what to do. And it got to the point where John Bernthal had to sit him down And say, look, am I going to be coaching or are you going to be coaching? Because if you're going to be coaching, what's the point of me doing this and being their trainer? And also, too, uh, they're also basically living off of uh, basically free camps and stuff like that, too, because of the fact that they're training for free and being trained underneath John Bernthal. And John Berthal, like I said before, he plays a completely different character than what we normally see him as. He has his long hair, has his little hippie kind of vibe to him and everything because of the uh, year that it's actually set in. I thought it was really good. I really have to say, I mean, if you're looking for something that inspires you, especially for something for Black History Month or anything like that, this is actually the movie for you. And also, too, King Richard, Will Smith does a phenomenal job at playing the father, uh, and even the two girls that played Venus and Serena. I I thought they both did an excellent job of this movie and captured the heart of them and the passion they have for tennis. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a big tennis player or anything like that, but if I see something that I thought that looks inspirational or anything like that, I'm definitely going to give it a shot. And this is one of those films that I really have to say I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, So, I actually have Army of the Dead as one of my best ones for the simple fact is, and this is why I'm pushing it to win for the Choice Awards for the Oscars is because of the fact I want Zack Snyder to flip the bird to WB... I said, "Look what I did after you let me go at Warner Brothers. Now I have a. Uh, now I actually have an Oscar on my mantle. Now, so now you can't hold anything back from me, and that's why I'm pushing so hard for them. And also, too, I have to say, I liked Army of the Dead because the originality behind it, the authenticity of it. And yes, I was kind of bummed out with the whole Saw thing and stuff like that too, because they had this awesome Saw that I thought that was going to plow through some zombies, but." You can't go wrong here. I mean, you actually have a zombie tiger, which I never thought in a million years I would see that. Uh, they can reproduce. That was something new that they that Zack Snyder did with the zombie genre that I never thought would actually be possible. Uh, they he also did something else that was very original too is have these zombies in different sectors of Vegas. So you have your slow moving uh, zombies, then you have your fast moving zombies, then you have your degenerated. Uh, zombies. So if you're a zombie of each different one of those zombies, that movie's going to be generated for you. And also, too, there's this badass woman that actually takes down a whole uh, sacrifices herself to actually uh, it, to help out her team. And Dave is actually pulling on some heartstrings in this movie. I thought it was really good. It was fun. It was entertaining. It was not one of those movies that you had to take serious. You can turn your brain off for two and a half hours and just shove a popcorn in your face. And that's exactly what I got from uh army of the dead
1: i liked it um didn't like the ending i thought the ending was a downer i definitely like like i didn't like the daughter because a lot of the like the lot because of the ending it was the daughter's fault for a lot of it again i'm i was bummed about the buzzsaw but a lot of the action sequences in it this was this was intense like how they did a sequel i don't know I think they are. Like, I know they did a prequel. I didn't bother watching it. Like, more about the uh, D-trick or whatever. But, I mean, this was entertaining for what it was. It was a good zombie movie. I just wish the ending was better. I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: And I'm going to go with my last one, Encanto. It's also one. It's the last one, which is an animated Pixar movie, which I thought was really good for the end of the year kind of vibe to it. Um, I also liked how the originality of the family, you have this uh, the house that's basically broken like the family the, and stuff like that too. is it's dealing with a lot of stuff within the family itself. And also to the mythology, how each character has their own abilities. That was really cool. And it was also about accepting people for who they are and everything, despite the fact that they might not have certain powers or anything like that. So there is actually a principle well-learned in this film. So, uh, and, and also, too, it gave us some great uh, music in this, too. Like, you know, we don't talk about Bruno. That was actually one of my favorite songs in the movie and everything in itself. So, yeah. Uh, and Encanto was actually one of my favorite movies of 2021. But we can't keep talking about the best ones, of course. You know, we actually have done about, 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 about the worst.
1: Musicians.
0: And... And this is actually what we're going to call Charlie's Corner for his honorable mentions. So
1: okay. let's. So I got ten of these. I'll go from real quick. Number ten, I have the last duel, Ridley Scott's, like, based on the true story with Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Jodie Cormor, and Adam Driver. This baby is brutal. Like the battle sequences when they're when they sh- when they're in it, remind me of Gladiator. how the brutality of it. Those were brutal. This is a drama. Yet I was laughing my ass off a lot mainly because of the hairstyles for Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. But Matt Damon had a blonde ponytail, like blonde mullet. So anytime you see him on screen, you can't just stop, you can't look away and you got to laugh because it's hilarious. And Ben Affleck, blonde tips, just full on blonde tips. And the one line in the movie for me that made me like, like, like spit take Adam driver's game. It, ben Affleck's character is a party. He's a partier. He, he yells, come on in, take your pants off, because he's having a sex party, and he's telling Adam Driver to take his pants off, and he goes, come on, take your fucking pants off, and I was like, what? Did I just hear that correctly? It was one of the ones, like, you don't expect it, and you watch him like, wait, what? Did he just say what I thought he was going to say? What he say? Again, it's a good, st- and it's based on a true story. Jodie Cormer's in this, too, and, and it's about from her perspective, and they break it up into a different perspective, you get each side to the story i mean i had to put it at number 10 it was like i was like wow this is a good movie it's inter- it's a long one but it's entertaining so that was number 10 number nine is this hulu exclusive movie called boss level this one stars frank Grillo, and it's essentially it's a video game in a sense like he's in a, lo- a time loop every time he dies it's like groundhog day every time he dies he wakes up, and he has to go live for the same thing again. And every time he wakes up, everyone's trying to kill him. So he's got to try to break the loop to save his wife. And, like, yeah, like the, the action sequences were just phenomenally shot. Like, in this one, Frank Gorilla was just awesome in it. Like, Rob Gronkowski on a turret. Like, to, like, him getting shot or getting flown in. Like, him yelling shit right when he's about to die. Like, it's like it's like one of those... Uh, e pray, like not, um, like that... Edge of Tomorrow. It was like that in a sense. But it's, it was on Hulu, but it's a, it's a really entertaining movie. If you have Hulu, definitely check it out. Because like I was, I had a fun time watching Boss Level. Um, number eight, I have Rafa Man, the Guy Ritchie, um, Jason Statham like um, action thriller. It's not your typical Guy Ritchie because the dialogue isn't like isn't as like witty as it used to be. But it, it's it's a brutal entertaining movie. Um, and Jason Statham's great in it. Um, seven, this movie called Cop Shop. Um, I just watched this on Peacock not too long ago. Stars uh, Frank Gorillo, Gerard Butler. And essentially, it's got a smoke and aces feel to it. So Frank Gorillo essentially plays a gangster that intentionally gets arrested. So he's trapped in this prison cell. So nobody and then everybody has to attack the cops, like the, the police station just to get him. And that's, and Gerard Butler plays Vidic, and he's the guy that comes in there just to, you know, try to kill him himself because there's a bounty on him or whatever he wants. Like, they just want money. And there's this one, this one douchebag, and the person's like, hey, man, what's up? Uh, what, are you just going to grunt the whole time? And Gerard Butler just actually, like, like punches him in the throat so many times. It's got a guy, it's got a smoking ace's feel to it, but it's directly the same, eh. I mean, in the open, you see a, a, a bridal party fight each other. Women in what, um, their their precious wedding outfits brawl on each other in the middle of a police station. It was one of the most random things I've seen, but if it's a cop shop. is like has great action sequences and a great performance by this actress. I forgot her name, but she plays the rookie cop. Awesome action sequences. It's on Peacock, so it's worth checking out. Number six, I have an international movie called Raging Fire. Yes, the title is called Raging Fire. It's uh, stars Donnie Yen. Um, and it's a it's a it's an international action movie. It's like fight choreography is great. Then again, I just love the title "Raging Fire." It's just, it's like that that should be a band name, "Raging Fire." It's like it it, it 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 it's a good action movie. It's got great fight choreography. It's got great action sequences. I had to have that on my list. Number five, I have "Corolla." I was pleasantly surprised with this this movie. Got I got kept getting Guy Ritchie feels to it. It felt like a Guy Ritchie heist movie. Soundtrack was tremendous. It was phenomenal. And you get a, a an origin story of why she hates the dogs, and it just fills in so many gaps. And Emma, Emma Stone was fantastic in this movie; like, she's great. And it's on Disney Plus. Number four, John May a on this one, but I have fast nine. I, I like this movie for what it was. I'll leave it at that. If you you know what you're going to get when we're watching a fast movie. Number three, I have nobody. The Bob Oderkirk action flick, nobody. Great. Like, and because of like the training Bob Odukirk did with Nobody, it helped save his life when he had that heart attack um, on the set. So he's, like, he credits this movie for saving his life, for getting him in shape, because um, we almost lost Bob Odukirk. But Nobody was great. Like, what if you can get a chance to watch it? Action's fantastic in it. Um, number two, a very underrated comedy called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. So there is a uh... Um, Annie, Annie, I forgot her last name, but her and Kristen Wiig are the two writers of Bridesmaids. It's, this movie's quirky, yet it works. It's so funny. It's like, I mean, I, 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 I wonder if you can see this movie, I think mean, you gotta watch it. That, uh, Jamie, um, I think Jamie Dormer, the guy from 50 Shades is in this too. And he has his like, his little song and dance sequence called, um, like, like that. And he's singing and you see like, like it, it's so random yet, that's what this whole movie is. It's random. And one of the Wayne's brothers is in it. And he's like, he he's supposed to work for this company, yet he's not supposed to reveal any information about him. Yet he's revealing his name, his his occupation. Like, did I just tell you that? Shit. Okay, you meet me here. Shit. Like it's it's so quirky and funny. You have to watch or watch it. But Barb and Star Vista Lamar. It's that movie was like so funny. And my number one honorable mentions, I have Spider-Man No Way Home. It just it wasn't good enough to be in my top 10. I liked aspects of it, I thought it was entertaining. I just think the hype was a little too much for it. So it makes it really impossible to go into the movie with low expectations when it's everybody's calling it the best movie of all time, best Marvel movie of all time, best Spider-Man movie. And yet everybody we 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 talked about it so much. So seeing them show up, yeah, it was great. But I think it was I think it was like the nostalgia of it, I think it was a little too much for me. Again, I was disappointed coming out of that movie. Kind of like a lot of people says. Like I know one reviewer for the Batman, like Kevin McCarthy, he watched it, he liked it, he gave it a four out of five. He says he liked it, but he just felt disappointed coming out of it a little bit. It's not bad, and it's not, it's, and it's it's not bad at all. It's good. I just felt the same way Spider Man. I just, I guess I wanted more from it. It's good. It's not a bad movie, but that's why I want. Like, and again, it just I had more fun with other movies than I did Spider Man. So that's why it's my number one honorable mentions. Now we get into the shit list.
0: Okay. So for me, I got Coming to America Part 2. I enjoyed Coming to America Part 1 so much better because of the fact that you have you have Eddie Murphy coming off his SNL days and everything. And getting into uh, Coming to America. And trying to discover who he is. And also wanting to get married to someone else it's not in a high class or anything like that when it comes down to royalty and this one you're dealing with a movie that has reached its prime in its peak as well because it's been so many years since the original came out and that's what it suffers from it suffers at the fact that this movie should have been made a long time ago that they were trying to do a new film and this actually the first Uh, A couple of minutes of it actually feels like a music video especially when james earl jones dies in the first five minutes of this film and dies of like old age and they're singing around him and they have him sitting up in the coffin it was just over the top it was nothing that was really comical about this movie at all and having a keem who's actually trying to teach his son (laughs) who was trying to teach his son um uh, his beliefs then the way that he did things and also to turning into king joffrey in a sense which is also played by james Earl jones uh king, uh played by james Earl jones who was the king of samunda and i just feel like that it just didn't really hit its marker like i wanted it to i wanted to laugh in this movie i just sat there waiting for it to be over with and stuff like that, because I really feel like this movie could have came out a year or two later, and it would have been successful. It would have actually hit its mark. Even with having Wesley Snipes in this, a uh, city hall in this movie didn't do much for me. The chemistry wasn't was there a little bit with the city hall, but not as much. But it just didn't land its landing for me. And also, too, comedy is the most subjective thing, and hardest thing that you can actually write and direct. And so if this movie worked for you, I'm glad it did. It just didn't work for me in the way that I was hoping that it would work for me.
1: All right. Number 10. Converse is Godzilla. This one had to be on this list. This movie was utter disappointing too much humans. Did you not learn the mistake of King of the monsters too much humans ruins the title? The movie's not Godzilla and the humans. It's Kong versus Godzilla. They fight like three times in this movie. It's an hour and a half. It feels like an hour and a half. They the humans take up the whole screen time of this, and yet you're promoting the freaking thing as a as a monster fight movie. It's not. It's not a monster fight movie. It's a human movie. Humans fighting each other with with some side as Godzillas and Kong were the side pieces, like. Come on! Like I knew this was going to happen. Knew when they announced this movie. I knew everybody would get their hopes up. Some people liked it. Yeah, sure you liked it. It's a visual spectacle. Yeah, visual spectacle that belongs in the toilet. Like literally. Like vis- sure, visuals are cool, but if you t- if your movie's Godzilla versus Khan, they need to come and dominate the whole screen time. Not play second fiddle to humans. Like oh, I don't know if we should do this. Like. Who gives a shit? Nobody wants to see you anyway. You want to see monsters fight each other. That's the point. That's why the title is Godzilla versus Kong, not Godzilla and humans. What? While he fights Kong? No, I don't care about that. But yeah, that's number ten. There's other worse movies than this.
0: Uh, let's see here. I actually have. Well, to be honest with you, that's actually on my list though too. So and everything I was going to say, you pretty much said. So you just became like Eminem in an eight mile for me. So I'm not going to say, uh, say anything with that movie because you actually, I couldn't say it any better than you did. Um, so Halloween kills is actually in my list of horrible movies for last year because of the fact that I enjoyed the 2017 Halloween movie so much because of the way that they changed things and made it to where Laurie's Strode was no longer, related to uh, michael myers or anything like that and basically made it a town rumor that they were brother and sister now going into halloween kills the reason why i didn't like it was because of the fact that it had more an atmospheric kind of vibe to it and things like that and because of the fact that they made this more like an atmospheric kind of movie just like the original halloween movie and stuff like that it just didn't work for me it didn't land its mark on that the kills were over the top. Yes, I get the fact it's called Halloween Kills. But at the same time, it doesn't do anything, even when you have Little John and then the partner. Big yeah, Big John. How do you know about that? You don't like horror movies.
1: <laughs> my, my brother and my mom saw it oh. in the theater. And they, they talked oh, okay. about Big John Little John, and I knew Michael Michael McDonald was in it from Matt okay. TV. days. Like, that's how I knew about that sequence. Again, okay, I, I got gotcha. I, 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 I know people die curious. in it. I know what happens Hi. in the movie. But right, I, I knew of that sequence, but I didn't see yeah. it because it's not for me, but I knew of that sequence.
0: Right. The Big John and Little John thing just didn't work for me at all, too. They moved into Michael Myers' house. This movie was supposed to make it look like the characters are actually smart and they're not. And matter of fact, Tommy Doyle is actually the one who winds up getting this town riled up, and he was actually the one who survived against Michael Myers in the beginning of, of the very first movie that ever came out. And he's just as dumb as rocks. Just like how the dumb, stupid survivor from, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre comes back for no reason other than to die. And now we have the same thing with Tommy Doyle, who was stupid for the things that he did. He caused the town to go into a chaos. He made them go after Michael Myers, fighting against regular, regular weapons and everything. It was so stupid. And then also, too, you also have a tough character like Laurie Strode sitting on the sidelines wanting to get into the game, but she can't because she's injured. But guess what? I have to say this. At least they gave Laurie more to do than that stupid cha- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that I saw and everything too, because the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, survivor from the 1973 movie, she didn't have jack crap to do. At least with uh, Laurie Strode, she was booby in the house. She was actually doing things to actually set Michael Myers up. What was the character doing in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, she was gutting a pig, and then she was actually a sheriff. And then she comes to the town just to die. So, yeah, this movie to me for Halloween Kills was just not that great of a film. I was hoping that I would actually get more out of it. I didn't. Even the kills were like an overkill for me, pun intended. But I was expecting more of like a little bit more of a psychological type of film. Like I got into the 2017 version, which is also a little bit more of a slower paced film. But hey, what are you going to do? That's Michael Myers. So that's my that's one of my.
1: My next one, I have the little things. This movie yeah, had a lot. I of, had that one too. Little, this movie had a lot of potential. Like Jared Leto, Denzel, and Rami Malik. The the premise like sounded like legit. Like okay, and the first part of this first act of this movie was actually really good. It was entertaining. It was it was like you're trying to th- play guessing, like figure it out, like that. And the rest of the movie happened, and it just like, and then the ending, and I was like what no are they really going down this route like it's not really ambiguous it's just like a slap in the face to so us like so invested in this movie like rip no i can't believe they again it was i was so glad i, I didn't spend money for this it was on HBO max and that was good because this movie was just went from good to just dis- disappointing
0: I definitely agree with you because even the trailers, the way it's set up, it had this Seven kind of vibe to it. You can definitely tell that this script has been sitting on the shelf for a while and then they just dust it off and then they go ahead and try and do this film. It would have been so more interesting if they had like that Seven kind of vibe to it with Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt kind of flavor to it and try to hunt down this mm-hmm. kill, uh, serial killer that's supposed to be a serial killer, but by the time this thing wraps up, you realize that this whole entire movie was just played you the whole entire time, and I don't mean in a good way. This movie has so much potential to be good. Jared Little played the creepiness of that character so well. Rami Malek did an okay job of what he did as a detective and everything, but uh, Denzel did a good job, though, too. But it, it was just wasn't there. There was just no, no meat there for me to digest to make me feel more invested to say, hey, you know what? This is a good movie. This is what you should go out and see or anything like that. So Little Things, I'm sorry. That's one of the movies that I have to say at the time was, at the time, HBO Max was hitting zero for me at that point. But uh, so the next one I have on my list is Candyman. And I have so much. Here's the thing. I love Jordan Peele. I think he's a great director, a great writer when it comes down to stuff. And he also co wrote with the director of this film, though, too. But Candyman is also another movie that was my anticipated movie, and it just fell to the bottom of the floor. Also, too, I was going to go see this in the theaters, but then, of course, the hurricane happened, so I wasn't able to give a proper review of the film or anything like that. But I bought it on Blu ray thinking that this was going to be a good movie. And what may not be a good movie was this I didn't, I felt like that. If you were going to make this new character, this new character take the reins, it should have been Candyman himself to saw off the uh, hand of the main character, not somebody else that knows the legend of Candyman to do it as well, because that's actually supposed to be the kid who winds up, who Helen winds up saving in the fire in the very first one. So this is like a direct sequel to the very first Candyman movie. Then also, two, you also have. Basically, the project area where Kanemian was actually from, and I feel like, too, that they could have done a lot more with that as well to where they didn't even have to tell us anything because basically that project area was a character in its own self. So therefore, there was no reason to actually go on ahead and give us everything and tell us everything. Let us experience things for our own selves rather than you tell us everything. That was one of the things that I had against it. And also, too, the art gallery stuff was actually pretty good. The kills were actually all right, but overall, the Candyman just didn't do it for me. It did. It left me with a sour taste in my mouth to the point where it was like uh, the worst. It was like candy corn. That's that's <laughs> that's like the worst candy that you can actually get on Halloween. It was like having eating candy corn for me for Candyman. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let Charlie go with his next one.
1: All right, my next one shocker is a horror movie, Spiral. I have not seen any of the Saw movies, yet I was intrigued with this one. I liked Chris Rock. I liked him, that and that. Sam Jackson was in it. This one had potential to be pretty good, and for a little while, it was. It was actually that. I mean, yet I had to look away from a lot of the gruesome kills. Those were really brutal, and I liked the detective aspect to it. Then the rest of the movie happened, then you're actually like, it's, it wasn't executed well. I'll just put it that way. It wasn't like it's it's good on paper. The idea was really good, and it's a it's a, it's a little change on the idea of Saul in a sense. And again, I liked Sam Jackson when he said, "You want to play a game, motherfucker?" Because you have to have Sam Jackson drop my because it's a, it's an R-rated movie. Yet, I don't know. It just like, a lot of like Chris Rock was good in it. I liked him. He's the only one I really liked out of the whole movie. Everybody else is like that. And it's dealing with corruption. And, and I agree. Yeah, Spiral it was that. I was like, again, for a guy that has doesn't watch horror movies, I was intrigued on Spiral, yet I knew what I was going to get with it. But again, I was expecting a little bit more. I think on paper, it's a good idea. It was a good idea. It just wasn't executed well. And that, that's no. the problem with it.
0: Definitely not, man, because here's the thing, I've watched all the Saw movies, I love the Saw movies, I like the fact that, you know, Chris Rock came up into the studio and said, hey, look, guys, I have this new idea for a new Saw movie, and they pitch it, and they wind wind up loving it, and then when we see it, it was a total letdown, not only that, but having the mystery element of who the killer is was very paint by the numbers. You can actually tell that who the killer was also too, the kills in it was not believable either because that wax scene with it being booby trapped down in the basement of the cops. I'm like, really that was stupid. Then you also have some other death scenes that just didn't make any sense. And of course, whenever they're coming through, whenever they were doing that staging of someone dying, supposedly, You can definitely tell that that was not skin like actual skin because there's no way that could actually cut that smoothly that was a little too fake on the prosthetics on that part because they could have made it a lot more realistic than what they did for it i just it just saw just missed this landing on the book of spiral for me and i was rooting for this film because of the fact that chris rock goes into the studio and sells it to them and then they go hell yeah we'll do this movie and then we wind up seeing it, and we're totally let down by it. And, I w- and you know, I just didn't—I I just didn't think that saw, that movie was that great, to be honest. Um, so, the next one I have is a James Wan movie, and I love James Wan's movies. I love the Conjuring movies. The first two Conjuring films were great. I liked Aquaman. Uh, I also like Dead Silence. I like the very first saw, two Saw movies that he's done, but Magnignant, was probably one... Here's the thing, guys. You might actually go into this movie loving this film for what it is and stuff like that. Because this movie could be very split on both ends. Either you love it or you don't. This could also be a cult classic later on and everything, too, when people discover it. But Magnet was actually one of those movies, for me, that just didn't work. It was like over-the-top cheesiness. It would remind me of 1990s or 80s kind of horror film kind of vibes. Especially the part where uh, there's this one character that goes crashing down from the ceiling and onto the living room. And they play this dramatic music. I'm like, really? So we're back in that again? And especially when we had these great horror movies that came out before that didn't give us the any background music or anything like that, it gave us slow tension pacing, thanks to James Wan. And James Wan does this? No. And then it was like over-the-top slasher. It was uh, mixed with slasher, mixed with psychological aspects to the film that just didn't land for me at all. I was looking for more from this movie from James Wan. It had so much going for itself. And, you know, and yeah, it was it was way too cheesy, Alex. I'll, I'll own up to that. It was way too cheesy for me. Especially when it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? All of a sudden, dramatic music plays. Then there's also, there was actually one part that I actually thought was cool with the camera angles where the one character is going through the house and the camera's following her from the top view of it it looked like she was in a rat maze, basically. So I definitely like the camera angles on some aspects of it, but when it comes down to the acting ability, the characterization of the character, and stuff like that, it was anticlimactic for me, it didn't work for me, but if, hey, if this movie worked for you, kudos to you for liking this movie for what it is. It And I love James Wan, but this is actually his first strike with me, so, you know, not like he cares that this is his first strike with me, but you know, it... it but this is his first strike. Anyways, this is, uh... Now I'm gonna pass the torch over to you.
1: <laughs> My next one on this one, it was an independent movie by the company, A24. It's called The Green Knight. Um, I have no idea. I had no idea what this movie was going in. Like, I know it was, like, it was, like, a movie like another tale, like, regarding Keen Arthur's brother or whatever, and... Visually, yeah, it was cool. But the story was really boring. Like, it was nothing but... It was reminded me like I was watching The Revenant. Like, Long takes of the forest. Long takes of that. Stars, the movie. Stars Dev Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. So essentially, this giant knight, green knight, comes in, challenges the person. Like, okay, you need to fight me. But after you beat, after you beat me, whatever whatever body part you take of me, you must come back in so many like a decade or so later, and I do the same to you. So Dev Patel beheads the guy that means decade or so he has to make the journey to face the green knight and pretty much sacrifice, and pretty much like okay i'm taking the body i'm taking i'm gonna kill i'm gonna attack you the way you attack me so it's just like it didn't make sense for me it was an independent movie like a lot of people like that i mean visually sure it was cool didn't make a lot of sense to me i was bored i was like all right. It felt like it was the movie was only it was like two hours felt like three hours. It felt so boring and bland. It was like, OK, I'm done. This is going on my worst list.
0: OK, so mine is going to be F9. And I know that you love this movie, Charlie. I understand the cheesiness of fa- uh, the ridiculousness of Fast and the Furious movies. I love it. It's just whenever you look at this movie, it was like this whole movie was a meme. Basically, that's what it was. Let's take him to outer space. Van Diesel rips these chains off the walls and makes the whole entire bunker just collapse because of his adrenaline and being ticked off and wanting to save everybody. Then it was just totally ridiculousness of the whole entire deal. It was like everybody had a superpower, basically. And basically Fast and the Furious with steroids, with superpowers. But then you also have John Cena in this movie, which to me really didn't sell me in this movie at all. I like him as Peacemaker, so therefore there's my positive with that because I'm always rooting for people that I don't really care for in certain movies and if they wind up, keep on doing their work in certain movies and they get better at it that's whenever I I wind up liking him and that's what John Cena did he picked the best roles that was best for him and his abilities, it's just that with this film, I just didn't like him as Dom's brother, I really felt like this thing was forced, I really didn't like the fight scenes between him and Dom I still stand on that I just didn't care for the over-the-top cheesiness of Fast 9 or anything like that. And also, too, even though I said that, I lo- that scene with Han makes sense now, it's still... It's it's,
1: on, it, we it, have, it does it's make on sense. Our, it's in our playlist.
0: <laughs> it does make sense, but it does not take away from how bad this movie actually is for me. But... Still, if you guys like it, if you like uh, over the top movies and stuff like that, that you can turn your brain off for two and a half hours, just like Willy Wonderland and stuff like that, this movie's for you. It's just seems so to me this movie is not the type of over the top cheesiness that I like in my action movies per se. But hey, if you like it, I'm happy for you.
1: It looks like it's going. Dom's going to have to keep fighting because you don't turn your back on family.
0: Well, so. I turned my back on him. I I ended up turning my back on. I'd rather see a Hobbs and Shaw movie over a Fast and the Furious movie.
1: I mean, well, there's at least two more. They're break yep. up ten into part one and part two. Which uh, honestly, I'm for the, how the fast nine ended. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to see this. I want to see <laughs> see. I want to see the confrontation between Han and and, and Shaw because that was that was a good uh, good little tease there. All right. So anyway, next my next one is Without Remorse, which was on Amazon Prime with uh, Michael B. Jordan. At first, when I reviewed this, I thought this was decent, but the more I thought of it, I'm like, wait, this movie's garbage. Like literally garbage. Everything about this movie was bad. Sure, the action sequences were okay, but if I want a better version of this movie, I'll watch the uh, the star of the movie John just hated Fast Nine, Vin Diesel. He did a movie called A Man Apart years ago. He's a DEA agent, and which is I'm, really good. Yeah, it's it, this pretty much. That's pretty much why I got so many vibes from this movie. I'm watching A Man Apart. That's what seems like. I'm watching a man apart, which I mean, it, it, it's, it's not great, but it's a lot better than this. And it's and a man apart, intense, it's brutal, it's like it's it's an intense movie. And the deaths in that in a man apart, you feel something to that. This one, okay, I'm just gonna double shoot the bed. Oh, okay, she's dead. Okay, like it, they don't it, even it, check
0: the body or anything. No.
1: He just shoots the bed. And not knowing, oh, well, Michael B. Jordan's not in it. And I'm like, this movie just didn't work. It just didn't. It just felt bland. It just it didn't work. They're trying to set up something. I just, I don't know. This this movie just didn't work. It just, it's not good.
0: No, it definitely didn't land its mark for me either as far as the actions he was go. Even the part where he's... Uh, lighting the guy up in his car with the gasoline and stuff like that, and gets in the car. That didn't even feel real to me. The CGI in it didn't really feel like it. It didn't really make me feel like it was threatening or menacing to the villain itself. Mm-hmm. It and also too, uh, I understand this is a movie, but but still, he was in that car way too long talking with him. He would actually burn up. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the problem I have with it. And I, like I said, Michael B. Jordan, he's a great actor, but I didn't like this film. And even though they were trying for a Punisher type 5 with it, it just didn't land. So my next one is going to be The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. This is not directed by James Wan, unfortunately, because he was actually making that other movie that I didn't like, Magnignant. And here's the thing. With The Conjuring movies, I like the slow build to it. I like the slow tension. I love the haunted house aspect to it. Now they went into it with a different type of tone with it, which is basically the devil made me do it, where somebody winds up saying that the devil made them do something, and now it's up to the Warrens to decide if the devil actually made them do it or not. And I like that. I like the fact that they went outside the realm of the haunted house stuff and they gave us that. But it was very poorly done, very poorly executed, even though they use some aspects of the true story of what happened to that guy it still didn't matter to me. I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about what was going on within the film itself. Even whenever they try to incorporate of what happened and stuff like that within the film, where he's like, Oh, because of the fact that there's actually this, basically what winds up happening is they wind up finding something underneath this basement where they're doing sacrificing and stuff like that. It becomes like a sacrificial type of thing. And that's something that I didn't really like about it. They also got the mythology wrong with it. And I really didn't enjoy this film as much as I wanted. Not only that, it doesn't have that slow tension, that slow burn. The like and once that slow burn is there and it gets released, it's there and it gets released. And there was nothing about it that I actually thought that was really interesting with this film.
1: My next one I have the Woman in the Window. This is that Amy Adams like movie that was supposed to be released in theaters. Then they delayed it. Then they released it on Netflix. Premise was good. I mean, I liked Amy Adams in this movie, and it has an interesting twist to it. Yet the rest of the... And then, so, then the movie happens. And you're like, wait, what? This movie has good people in it, yet it sucks. Like yeah, The worst part that made me like, what am I watching was the ending. The ending's sp- final sequence looked like CGI, but was it, but the CGI was just piss. So it was look like, it's like it made, made the final f- confrontation. This is an R rated movie. It made it turn the final sequence into a PG movie. The, the, the CGI was awful. The, the stabbings didn't work. It, it, the, the whole sequence was shot was like pretty much. It was like, it, like it, it, it's like, it, it felt like I was watching that Loki sequence on the, on the purple planet. It was like Barney taking a piss. The CGI like the CGI was so terrible, it took you out of this movie like like this was supposed to be like a horror thriller. What the heck is this? Was this a comedy or something? Like did somebody like just get drunk and like oh okay, that looks good. I'll just do that. And it's like so really it really took me out of the movie. I'm like, wait, what? Did they really just do that? Did they really just shoot it that way? Because it didn't make sense at all. Nothing about it. It yeah, this, this movie was bad. It was just bad, bad, bad. Don't like it's bad, but I have worse stuff than this. But that final sequence just took me out of it. I'm like, the CGI is really bad for this. Like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah. Again, so the movie was garbage.
0: Okay, so the next one I have on my list is actually going to be Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat to me, I like the trailer. The trailer was fantastic. Seeing where Sub Zero winds up stabbing. Uh, The other character in the eye with his own blood was really cool. The vitalities were really cool. And when you go into a Mortal Kombat movie, either you're going in for the lore or you're going in for the action sequences. I like both. And the only standout was Kano and a little bit of Sonya. And that was it. Everything else was very corny. It was like straight to DVD kind of release kind of deal. To me, my my perspective of it. Even the main characters they actually chose in the Mortal Kombat film itself, he was very one-noted. He was very dry. It was nothing for me to actually care about his main character in Mortal Kombat. I really didn't like him as a character. He was very wooden. And then also, too, they actually wasted Goro. They wasted a lot of the other characters. Even Liu Kang because here's the thing. I didn't like the actor that was playing Liu Kang. I really didn't feel like that. I cared about his character this go around. I thought the 90s, portray- I thought the 90s did a good job of portray- portraying Liu Kang, to be honest with you, better than what they did with this one. But yeah, I just didn't really like this version of Mortal Kombat as much as I was hoping for. But I do like the fact that they give us some history between Scorpion and also to uh, Sub-Zero. So I'm glad they give us some substance with it. And I definitely agree with Randy, though. 90s was a way better version, better film than uh, than this one, even though the effects were a lot outdated. But still, you actually got a good Mortal Kombat movie. And I understand that in the next Mortal Kombat film, you're going to wind up getting them inside their arena and them fighting, which is something that we want to see. And I like how they were trying to try and do something different and set it up. And of course, James Wan was also a producer of this film, though, too. So at least they had some type of horror aspects someone that was in charge of some horror aspects into it. But uh, I'll let you go on ahead, Charlie.
1: All right. My next one, I have Resident Evil. Welcome to Racking City. Um, This movie was bad. Like, there's so much about this movie that was bad. The act, the way they shot the action sequences, completely dark. You can't even see what the hell you're watching. Like. There, there was that. I mean, it was cool seeing maybe like like Jill, but it just wasn't executed. Like some of the characters, like oh, um, one of the person having a love interest, like oh yeah, Jill Valentine having a love interest with uh Albert Wesker, and what do you know, Wesker is bad. Like everything about this movie was just dog shit. Like every from the action sequences, some of the performances were not great. A lot of it just didn't make sense. I was like watching, I'm like. Okay? The, the uh, Mila Djokovic ones are a lot better than this. And they were. This is not a good movie at all. If you like it, yeah, it's great. It just doesn't work for me, and it's not Resident It Sure, it's trying to like be Resident Evil, but it's not. For me, I, I again, I I grew up watching the, Res, the Mila Djokovic ones, and sure, is it canon? No, but I don't really give a shit. It's entertaining. This wasn't they, they they know how to shoot something. This
0: didn't. Right. And you see, I didn't see this one because of the fact I've heard so many mixed reviews with it. And also too, hearing Alex's side of it and also to making Joe Valentine be the love interest of Whistler was actually stupid. He's a villain. You're not supposed to team up with be a love interest for somebody that's actually supposed to be the hero. That does not make sense. I do like the fact that they did try to do the special effects based off of what we saw in the trailer, that was a callbacks to the uh, original uh, Resident Evil games that I played. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, with everything else that you guys had mentioned, I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to see Raccoon City. I really don't. So, you know, I understood what they were trying to do. They didn't accomplish it the way that I was thinking that they were going to accomplish it. So, therefore, I'm not even going to bother even going to check this one out.
1: No, like um, the trailers yeah. are better than the movie. Like what you saw in the trailers, the quality of it like drops. Like, oh, cool, this looks good. No, it doesn't. Like the the trailer is very misleading. The, the trailer actually looks like it's like, oh, this is a good movie. It's not. the 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 quality of it, the picture quality, the imagery, the visuals, it's worse. The movie is actually worse than the trailer,
0: definitely. Um, from what from what I heard, but. Uh, another one I want to mention is Outside the Wire. This is actually something that you and I got the privilege. To, well, actually, I got a chance to do a trailer reaction because the publicist over at uh, Netflix reached out to me. Hey, look, can you do some self-promoting for this film? Because it's going to be released on Martin Luther King's birthday. And we wind up doing the trailer reaction. As a matter of fact, that was actually the start of our neighbors watching trailers reviews that we did. And I love the trailer. I love the concept of it. Anthony Mackie doing a great job from what I saw in the trailer and everything. And then all of a sudden it just takes a giant giant leap into the septic tank of a giant toilet bowl for me because of the fact that this movie sets up some great sci-fi elements, but they don't execute those sci-fi elements in the way that they need to execute them. Also two some of the stuff that they make the main character do like taking out the tracking device out of the AI, which is Anthony Mackey's character, was stupid as well. There was a lot of stuff that they did in this movie that was very forgettable for me. But also, too, it made me not forget how bad this movie was. So that's why this movie is actually on here. There might be some things that I might have forgotten from because of the fact I didn't go back and rewatch this since I've seen it. Because of the fact it doesn't have that rewatchable quality to it like I want it to.
1: This is my number two worst movie of the year. This movie was shit. Like, this had so much potential. The action sequences happened too fast. The plot twist was fucking ridiculous. And the worst part of that made me scream the most, the main star monologuing for five freaking minutes while an explosion's about to happen. Like, shit, oh, I'm the better person. Stop monologuing, finish the job, and get out of there. No one wants to hear you speak. Like, everybody everybody's performance in this movie was bad. I
0: understood why they were trying to do that to make us feel a sense of danger and keep us on the itch of our seats, but it wasn't needed in that moment, to be honest.
1: It didn't work. Like, it just got yeah. me pissed off with the movie. Like, just ended already. Like, this was bad. This is bad, 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 bad. <laughs> this was terrible. Like, that's why it's number my number two. Okay. So, so um, yeah. yeah, my number three eternals eternals was if you watch my like the review we did of it i went off on this movie i posted the review on facebook i went off on this movie i knew this what this movie was going to be from the trailers a melodrama i got exactly what i was predicting this was a two and a half hour melodrama with with like characters i don't really give a rat's ass about it had so much like like that Oh, the love triangle aspect between Jon Snow and and, and Robb Stark. She has to determine that. That's just a lazy writing. Like seriously, everything about this movie was bad. Ooh, first ever sex scene. Sure, it's cool in a Marvel movie, but there's no chemistry. Paint and a wall have better chemistry than the than 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 uh, Cersei and the Richard Madden character. Paint. And a wall. More chemistry. Pretty much tells you what you need to know. I don't care about Sprite. Yeah, there was a character name after the Sprite that the soda you drink, Sprite. She was annoying. Oh, I don't like the Blue. Oh, I, I, I'm in love with this person. No one cares. <laughs> to quote Dr. Evil. How about no? Like, no, like that. The action sequences. You see all of them in the trailer. Like, er- like that, you can you can kind of figure out like I. The Richard Madden character is like he's just a Marvel's version of a of a cheap knockoff version of Homelander. Eternals was bad. Like I, I that, watch a review for me to go more in depth because I don't feel like it because that movie was bad. I knew it was going to be bad. I watched it. I don't want to see a sequel. I'm tired of these characters. Someone just kill them so we don't have to watch another movie. This was all I-
0: shit. On the other hand, I enjoyed it, so you're going to see a different perspective on it. But, you know, go on ahead and check out our review for that. Um, so, the next one I have is Space Jam New Legacy. And this movie is so horrible. It tries to be something that it's not. And I also feel bad at the fact that they even try to do this film. And not, to, I'm not saying that the Michael Jordan movie is, like, the best movie in the world. But they could have done so much better with maybe taking out of the whole entire basketball element and maybe do tennis, maybe do football, maybe do something else. But reenacting something that Michael Jordan did and gave us and also too, the soundtrack for this one is not as memorable as the very first Space Jam movie. It was just bad. And then also too, they try to do a Matrix kind of thing in this movie to spoof it. They also did Casablanca. They did
1: Austin Powers. Austin
0: Powers. Everything that was part of Warner Brothers that's in this movie, including it, that was just a horrible thing. They looked like they got that out of the Halloween store, out of the costume store, instead of getting Dale Skarsgård back to just do a small cameo appearance. But still, this movie wasn't entertaining. It wasn't fun. It was like going to the dentist and getting my tooth pulled and waiting for it to be done. That's how bad it was for me
1: and you brought this up. This leads into my number one. I have the first ever tie for worst movie of the year. Space Jam 2 and Tom and Jerry. I'll go with Space Jam 2 first. This movie was shit. Shit, 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 shit. Awful. The only reason LeBron did it is because he's trying to one up, like he's trying to one up Michael Jordan. That's why he joined the Lakers so he can do this piece of shit of a movie. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to do the Warner Brothers stuff. You almost ruined the Matrix for me, really? To have LeBron in there like Neo? Fuck you! No, no, I'm sorry. That like how they did that is ridiculous. And you, if you want to hear me cuss more, listen to our ex- expletive review of it because we go off. They ruined awesome powers. It made me spit out whatever I was drinking. I'm like, wait, what? They? they you have Game of Thrones. Really? Like there was no chemistry between Le- LeBron. Um, oh yeah um it's okay this is my last one anyway i'm going into the, like last one so you're good but you have lebron no chemistry at all with the looney tunes hence why he got nominated for a razzie for lebron james and the looney tunes got nominated for a razzie this movie is so bad that south park and their latest post-covid specials blamed the pandemic the cause of the pandemic was because of space jam 2 because of space jam 2 was released Everybody lost hope in life, and they just gave up. Space Jam 2 made people give up. South Park wouldn't be doing that if they, if they, if they weren't on something. And yeah, this movie made me want to slit my throat. Because I was like, why am I watching this movie? I knew this was going to be bad. LeBron James is doing it to cash a check. It's not even good. Like, for everybody's like, oh, this is a great movie. What drugs are you on, and can I have some? Space Jam 2 was not good. If you want more in-depth and review... Check it out. It's on our page. You should watch it. It's funny. We have a good time ranting about it. At least one of us does. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a. I did not have a good time watching this movie. And yeah, it was bad. Leads into the tie. Tom and Jerry. This came out first. Tom and Jerry. What can I say about this movie? That that's good. I just can't. I can't. It's got a point five out of five. I don't give. I very get very rarely give a 0. .5. Didn't even earn a point. The whole Tom and Jerry aspect didn't work. There's no. It was like, oh, they're enemies now. When were they friends? Like that. The live animation didn't work. And Colin, just what, what 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 made you want to do this movie? Here's some some advice. You might want to write this down when you're not doing SNL. Leave the acting for your wife. There, your wife is a better actor than you are. Why are you in this movie? This movie just did not work. It was an absolute piece of crap. And that's what Tom and Jerry is. Hence, I, and that's why both Space Jam and this couldn't even get a point for me. Because both were just terrible movies. You should avoid these movies at all costs and go have some fun and watch something else. Because I do not, I cannot recommend, I cannot recommend enough do not watch these two movies. Do not spend money on this. Do not buy merchandise on these. Just say no. Because both of these movies are absolute dog shit.
0: Okay. With that being said, guys, that's going to do it for our top ten, well, our best and worst movies of 2021 go ahead and smash that subscribe button over on youtube and everything because we're actually on youtube so go on ahead go to movie lovers Night on youtube smash that subscribe button smash that like button smash that bell on the bottom right hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out also too, tomorrow night eight o'clock central time nine o'clock eastern time six o'clock pacific time Russell mcfree will be back on the show with me and we're going to be reviewing another sydney point movie and i can't wait to get into that later tomorrow and then of course tomorrow morning seven o'clock such time eight o'clock eastern time a.m we are dropping our bullet train uh trailer reaction for our movie reacting uh segment so it's called movie lovers reacts so if you guys enjoyed that uh of course you guys can get an audio only podcast of this episode and many episodes that we do here on movie lovers tonight where you guys get your major podcast from if you want to donate to the page all you have to do go go to is gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast donate five to ten dollars over there but of course, like I said, uh, going on, on it, subscribe and all that other good stuff also helps us in a long way as well. Also, too, follow us underneath the same name underneath Movie Lover's TV Lover's Tonight on Facebook, and also too on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you would like to sh- actually go on ahead and rate us, that'll be even awesome because of the fact that we're on every major podcasting platform that you can think of. But rate us on Spotify, rate us on Apple Podcasts, rate us on Good Pods. Good Pods is basically social media for people that are podcasters or if you're a podcaster yourself and love listening to podcasts, you can rate individual episodes, tell us what you think of it, give us five-star reviews, and all that actually helps our audience find us even more if you enjoy what we do here at Movie Lovers Unite. Another thing too is go on ahead, email me if you're a sponsor or anything like that at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And then of course, if you want to go on ahead, go underneath Movie Lovers Unit on TikTok, Movie Lovers Unit 0 that is, you guys can go ahead, follow me over there. And, of course, we just uploaded all our Dexter uh, New Blood stuff. So go ahead and check that out if you're into Dexter. If you're not and you're just curious about what we thought of Dexter New Blood, check that out. Because we Watch have a lot interview. of content here.
1: Watch our interview huh? with Eric. Watch that Yeah, we also...
0: Yeah, we actually did our interview with the SOC of Dexter, which is actually the cameraman from Dexter. So that was actually a fun interview that Charlie and I did. So go ahead and check that out. We have plenty of stuff here at Movie Loves Tonight, for you guys to check out. And of course, guys, that's going to do it for the show for tonight. And I hope that everybody has a great and safe night. And it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Charlie, for always joining me. And bye-bye.